0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Anthony and Todd Show, I'm Vincent Short. We got an extra special interview planned for you today with Philadelphia-based artist Donovan Days, also known as... As I Alive, we have him talking about his new venture into psychedelic music on his latest album, Donovan Days. is self-titled, that's released under Cold Rhyme Records, which you can check out right now on Bandcamp and all the streaming services. Without any further ado, we're going to get right into the interview with I Alive, right here on the Anthony and Todd Show. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Anthony and Todd uh, interview series. My name is Trevor, your host. I'm here with Vincent. And we're also here with uh, Philadelphia-based producer, singer, and rapper I Alive, Aka Donovan days. Donovan, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great.
1: Uh, aren't you the dude that made "Season of the Witch"?
2: <laughs> uh, that was me when I was a lot younger.
1: I see. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, that that song is a is a great success. I take it to you in your life, correct?
2: Yeah, I wrote it about my third grade math teacher.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I feel like uh, you got I, can't, I, I applaud you for at least t- attempting to go with a bit. What bit are you talking about, Vincent? Right. Oh, oh, sorry. Real
1: facts. (laughs) We're just talking. I mean, come on. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, Donovan. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've done interviews before, and we got to get a couple of these, you know, kind of bad questions out of the way because our fans want to know. uh, What's your first memory regarding music? How did you first fall in love with music?
2: Oh wow. Uh, my mom always talks about me singing Lola from the Kinks when I was like four or five which I think is tight because they're my favorite band as an adult. That's pretty far back. But, uh, I mean, first memory. That's kind of an interesting question. I've never thought of that. Let's go with Lola. Kinks. I like that.
1: Yeah. Actually, that's a good segue. I, I saw that you had gone on record saying your favorite band is the Kinks. Uh, why the Kinks? What's the draw?
2: Uh, what's what's not to love about the Kinks? They're, uh, they're like the best pop group as, that's ever existed. They've written countless hits. Um and like it stands the test of time too. I feel like they're a lot of their songs are like progressive for the time and also can hold up now as well. They're just cool. They're like funny, they're clever, they're catchy, it's like awesome production, they're good musicians as well. Uh stand up Avery, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Hey, uh what's your favorite Kinks album or project?
2: Mm, I really love um um, Village Green, Preservation Society. Mm -hmm. Arthur is another one. I like that mid-era kinks. Yeah. Those two, I think are, are tops.
1: Gotcha. Very good. So I take it you kind of grew up with a, with a rock music listening background when you were a kid.
2: Uh, not necessarily. Okay. I I, I mainly listened to rap music, uh, like on my own. My mom listened to like radio, you know, just whatever top 40 radio in the Late '80s, '90s, um, and my dad is an avid reggae fan, so which is kind of atypical. Yeah, he loves he loves like kind of like dub, roots, rock, reggae, Peter Tosh, and uh, Bob Marley, stuff mm-hmm. like that. My, I have two older brothers; they're super into rap, so that was kind of where my musical upbringing started. Gotcha.
1: So they passed down like a lot of their music tastes to you.
2: Yeah, definitely. It wasn't until I was in high school that I really started listening to music outside of rap.
1: What made you want to kind of branch out? Did you get tired of the art form, I guess?
2: Uh, Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like rap became very popular in the late 90s. Like it became mainstream and uh, and you had like the shiny suit era. I don't know how how old you guys are um if you remember the shiny suit era of rap when like puff daddy and mace were doing yeah videos with hype williams in the back of semis it was a weird time and i think i was like well everything got kind of like polarized you had uh, all the guys in the underground and then you had like the mainstream rap and and as like a, a punk kid i was like oh, i hate anything that's popular you know so I started to branch out from there, I guess.
1: Yeah, you're right. It was kind of a weird time. Um I can see why that would kind of turn you off a little bit. When I was yeah. when I was younger, like before I got into rap music, I remember Lil Wayne was really popular and I was like didn't want anything to do with him because I didn't I didn't like the style of music he was making and so I just completely sure. blocked out the genre for a little while. What about rap made you want to get involved with like beat making and production?
2: I think that was the like I was always drawn to The production side of rap. Even as a kid, I remember like checking credits like, oh, okay, so this crew, it's this guy who produces, or this person makes the beats, or it's the DJ is actually not producing, he's just DJing. Or I was real interested in that. Like, the, it always like, it was always like, if the beats are nice, like, I'm more willing to understand about the lyrics now. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, things like, uh, things like Gangstar, uh, Wu Tang all the native tongues. That was kind of my like Genesis. And, uh, and all those outfits are all amazing on the production side of things. So yeah, that was always my first interest. And I, and I always like was interested, like, how are they doing this? But I didn't, I didn't know until I was a lot older.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. What was your first kind of setup for production?
2: I've always been in the box as they say, which is just working on a a DAW or, um, uh, I, I started on Fruity Loops. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, which is, which is a kind of a common entry point for people post 2000. Um, but, uh, I did get like a, an MPC 2000 XL a little bit after I'd started making beats and I felt like it, I, I couldn't, it felt like a step backwards for me because I was like relearning something and it wasn't, kind of took the piss out of it a bit because I felt like, well, I'm already working in a computer. I can already do all this stuff. So I've always kind of been a, a computer guy, but um, more recently I've been adding external hardware gear, stuff like that. But yeah, started started in the box, still in the box.
1: Uh, were you ever in any like bands in, in high school or, or college or whatever when you were younger?
2: No, I wish I was. Mm-hmm. I, wish, um, I wish I I that I don't know. i I think the I think that is a thing of the friends you keep. I've always kind of been in misfit squads as far as friends go. I um, got you. I think I was always like the music head amongst whatever friend group I was in. Like you guys know this shit from '84. That's crazy band or whatever. You know? Nope. It's like no. I don't. Here's here's Donovan again going off about some ancient weird shit, but, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play like my, my family's not musical. No one really, uh, my older brothers like dabbled in like punk bands when they were a lot younger, but they, they have like eight and six years on me. So there was a, a, a gap between us. So I, I, I wish there was like a, more of a community of kids who were Playing instruments or trying to get bands together when I was younger. I was I was uh I don't know, I guess you could call me like a bedroom producer okay. up until like really like after I guess it was like two thousand ten maybe I started kind of going out to shows and trying to do like open mic nights. Um a friend of mine would do uh events like every first Friday and he would always have a band on and they were it they were Rap-centric shows and then the band would kind of just jam at the end and MCs were invited to to come up and and rap uh, Whether you're freestyling or whatever Mm -hmm. And um, that was kind of like my first foray into it. I was doing stuff behind the scenes I had a two-man rap group called Applied Minds with uh, a friend of mine It was basically like I had been making beats for a long time. We were both into rap I started. I, I just started. I like I think I got a microphone and just started uh, making shit for fun. And he was so amped on it that he was like, "Yeah, let's like let's make something together." And before we knew it, we had like a lot of songs. And We were like, "Yeah, let's." It just became. I don't know. It kind of snowballed, and uh, we ended up getting on one of those shows I was talking about that my friend would throw. It was at the Fire in Philadelphia, which is where I played for a long time. Uh-huh. Let's, I guess it was maybe two thousand eleven. And it went well And you know When you first start playing It's like All your friends come out Because it's the first thing You ever do And people are like Yeah we're all coming And that lasts for about Three months <laughs> And then and afterwards It like, starts to dwindle yeah, Okay <laughs> Yeah They're like Well we came to that other one So we're good For a while We'll see you at The next wedding Or some shit <laughs> <laughs> Amazing
1: were you nervous when you got up there and, and rapped in front of people for the first time?
2: Um, I think a little bit. That first time, I don't I don't think it was that nerve-wracking. I felt pretty comfortable. There's been times after that where I've been very nervous about shows. I think it had more to do with the fact that I was booking them. You want a good turnout. You want everybody happy. You're kind of playing host and stuff like that. Those yeah. are always more more nervous times. But uh, I, I, I think I tend to feel relaxed on stage. I guess I'm a ham. I don't know.
1: Uh, tell us a little bit about Already Dead Tapes. How'd you get involved with that crew?
2: I met them through a Dark of the Super, um, who's my favorite rapper in the world. Uh, <laughs> us too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Rightfully so. He's the best. He was like, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, he, I guess he, he had formed a relationship with Josh at Already Dead and they had put some of his music out and they do, well, they did do a, yearly kind of family reunion style festival that was like two or three days. Um, and, uh, they invited him out. They were like, if you can get out here, you know, we got a spot for you. And, uh, he asked me, we were pretty new friends at that point, but, um, we had hit it off and he was like, Hey, do you, you got a car? You want to drive us out there? (laughs) <laughs> I was like, uh, I guess, and so we we kind of that was like our first tour. That really feels true. like a very darko thing to to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love painting that darko picture for people, but we made a tour of it. We played uh, we played Pittsburgh, and uh, I think we played a shitty show in Detroit, and um, and just hung out. It was great, just a good time.
1: Yeah how did you uh, meet Darko? Actually, that's, that's been a burning question for us.
2: I was opening for DJ abilities at the fire in Philadelphia. And, um, there was like a stacked lineup. It was kind of, it was one of these shows where like everyone is there. Like everyone I started to play with from that point on was at this show or I met through this show. So Mm -hmm. like, um, I played with, uh, my friend, uh, Russell goes by Cornelius the Third. Carl Kevorkian, who goes by Mannequin Eater now, uh, amazing artist. He was there playing. Uh, there was a lot of people in the, in the crowd that night and we met. And then I, I like met a lot of people through that, but Darko was one of these people that was in the crowd. And I thought, who is this, who is this giant 17 year old who's <laughs> not moving to any of the music, he's just staring intently at every artist. It was great. It was like I was like, this dude is weird, and I I like him immediately. And he came up after my set, and he was like, Hey, do you know Donovan? <laughs> 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 or no, he was like, Hey, I'm I'm Evan. I'm a rapper. Like, here's a CD. I was like, Cool, I'm Donovan. He was like, Oh, do you know Donovan the musician? I was like, Yeah. So we built on that, and I don't know. We've been we've been best buds ever since.
1: Excellent. Yeah. That's a good yeah. story, actually. I, I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. How'd you get it? Uh, so that's kind of how you got involved with the Cold Rhymes label and that "You Don't Deserve This Beautiful
2: Art." So uh, Cold Rhymes is um, Height Geech's label. Um, okay, and I help I help run Cold Rhymes with with Height and uh, Mister. Did you meet uh, Height at that show? Uh no, I met him when he was touring through Philadelphia.
1: Okay. So so what's it like being on the business side of doing like you know running a label?
2: Uh it sucks. Okay. No, 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 that's uh it's yeah, I mean it's it's challenging. It's also like there are moments where it's so exciting. You think like here's, oh, like, what if we tried this? Or what if we did this? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think a lot of it is maybe like demystified for people when we put out one of their projects or something is that like, what, a lot of what we have to offer as a label, Cold Rhymes, because we're like a very small independent label is like organization, you know, it's like, yeah, like if you have a project that needs to get done, like, well we'll push you along to get it finished or, you know, we'll, we'll try to give you like the tools that we've, uh, figured out that help stay organized on kind of both sides, you know, deadlines and, and having all your ducks in a row and digital distribution and publishing and, and I don't know, things like that. Um, so I, we're, we're kind of always workshopping stuff. We're always seeing what works. There's no rules, you know, especially in 2021. It's like, who the fuck knows what is, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> is the next thing for music, you know? So we're just, we just like putting stuff out that our friends are making or things we're interested in. And that, in that regard, it's very exciting and it's, it's always enjoyable, you know?
1: Very good. Yeah. Um, has it been difficult not being able to uh, meet up in person? With people to to record this past year, somewhat. Yeah,
2: I know. I know. Yeah, certain people. uh, There's there's a few people that come and record here. Um, I'm I'm currently mixing Curly Castro's record. I don't know if you guys are familiar with okay, him. Yeah. Um, he's he records here, and uh, uh, my friend Andrew, who's on Cold Rhymes, uh, he records here as well. And it got to the point in like the fall time when when cases started spiking again. And I kind of had to be like, hey, I can mix from what we got here, but like I, I gotta close the studio off. Mm. Um, just, it was too much of a risk. But uh, I tried to keep the bubble small the whole time and then I just had to nix it. So yeah, it's been challenging in those regards. But, uh, and, and Darko and I like to get together in person to make stuff. We, we rarely like to send stuff back and forth if we can avoid it. So yeah, it's it's been a bit of a bummer. I, I like collaborating in person.
1: I can only imagine. I, I can only imagine that it would be so much easier to meet with people in person versus sending stuff back and forth. It's such a hassle.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that we're able to send things back and forth. Oh sure. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 that's that's the beauty of making music, you know, in the present. But there's definitely things that are lost when you're not in the same room. Height and I have a production duo together called Necessary People, mm-hmm. and we we send things back and forth and we were like it would be a lot better if we could do this simultaneously and so we we tried to figure out some ways using like zoom and stuff to like share audio and it's it's tough it it would just be so much better to be like you're in the seat next to me you know what do you think
1: (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah You can hear it at the same time and and fix it as you go. Definitely. Now let's talk about your new album here, Donovan Days. What inspired you to go in a new direction for for that project?
2: It's been a really long time coming, I think. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with my older solo work as I Alive. Um, there's There's a lot of tracks on the last solo album I put out that were blending the genre line or like, kinda of blurring the line a little hard. And I think I I like to make uh, more experimental artworks, pieces, music, whatever, and songs. And um yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think there's a, a lot of things going on. Like I, I, I kinda wanted to go in a more experimental lane. I feel like there's kind of a rigidity that exists within rap even I find myself being like rap should be this way or, you know, it's like, that's not rap or this is kind of pushing it too far. And I don't know. I I felt like it was going so far in one way and so far the other way in the studio that I could, I could kind of split what I was doing, uh, musically. So I think it just, I think it just took some time for me to be able to become a, a better musician or, or have the, the kind of tools available to be able to do a record like this um but it's kind of it, it's interesting it's kind of what i started making over 10 years ago a lot of those early songs i made were, were kind of similar in this vein and it's kind of where i've always wanted to go so I, I feel like the happiest i do in a long time as far as like what i'm making what i'm putting out and being in the studio
1: so it's like that idea finally came to like its fullest potential it's finally come to fruition now
2: i think so yeah yeah
1: yeah you actually answered my next question um your production style is is really similar and already kind of in the vein of psychedelic music or more rock based music but you you just finally went full throttle on this on this latest record
2: i've listened to a lot of psych rock music i like a lot of like experimental rock kind of like psych pop stuff and uh yeah, I think it's just that is kind of a natural progression.
1: Yeah. Who are uh, some of your favorite artists as far as uh, psych rock goes?
2: I, I really like everything that's coming out of like Australia and New Zealand yeah. these days. <laughs> um, I mean, like Tame, Tame Impala is awesome, right? Everybody knows him. Oh, sure. I I, I like his, his first few records more than the newer stuff. But um, like King Giz, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard mm-hmm. is a really tight band. Um, and their label flightless has put out some cool stuff. Uh, traffic Island, um, the babe rainbow, really fucking cool. Uh, beans. They have, <laughs> they have some cool things going on. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the OCs, California. Mm, yep. Um, I've been listening to a lot of the like Ty Siegel and, uh, white fence splits or, or they like collab records. Psych, I feel like is this. Bottomless fountain, uh, as far as like you know, like the garage and psych stuff from the 60s and onward. Um, so I'm always discovering like some older shit.
1: I feel like psych is more like of an idea than a, a genre, really. You can kind of tack it onto anything and make it work. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. definitely. Uh, I found it really
1: interesting talking about the rap, um, field today, the, the rap genre how do you feel about like melodic rap and the, the way that we're going with like emo rap and and branching off into more melodic sounds in mainstream hip-hop
2: yeah there's a lot of the a lot of the stuff that younger people are making i don't quite understand is that and the stuff
1: that you are saying like that's not necessarily rap the way that you know it
2: no no i think i think if anything that's the most that is rap because okay. it's what it's what the youth is doing doing? You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I think I th- I'm, I'm going to be 35 next month. And, I'm and I feel like, like, uh, a lot of music as far as like, you can't deny like what the popular crowd is doing mm-hmm. and, and, and how they're taking music to where it's going. And it's like, there's, there's a sea of people who are making, you know, that kind of like the hi-hat driven trap sound a very kind of like atmospheric production and, uh, and kind of like, right. Melody and, and like, kind of like emo leanings. I don't want to say mumble rap. I think that's kind of a diss because it's, it's it's a, you got to respect it as what it is. It's like the youth is doing this. They're all into it. And I got no say in that, you know? Um, but I don't get it. And I think that's just a matter of me being like an older white guy, you know? Um, but there's a ton of like cool stuff that's happening outside of that. And I think I've, I've always been more interested in looking towards the independent underground artistic communities anyway, you know, like even, even like we we kind of mentioned earlier, but even as a kid, it was like, you know, when people were listening to like Puff and Mace, I was like, oh, right. But like dilated maples put this out or you know like i'm i'm checking for loop pack you guys know that it's like i don't know mm-hmm. so so i i don't know i think i think um it's tight to see a new movement of music and it's it's cool to see kids kind of just taking it and doing what they want to do anyway because you know otherwise you wouldn't have punk music you wouldn't have hip hip hop you know
1: yeah I, I i definitely get that uh the way that you talk about it then kind of reminds me of um the whole like Kanye versus Fifty Cent thing back when Graduation first came out, How sure. like paved the way for that more melodic sound. I feel like we're kind of getting to a crossroads again um, at the same the same vein. How far uh, down this rabbit hole are we going to go? But yeah, you made a lot of good points about what the youth like and what they're doing, and how you know honestly uh, we don't really have any say in what they do.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Tell us a little bit about the Hellhole hole store. Uh, you and Darko's a uh, collaborative uh, rap duo there.
2: Yeah. Uh, well we don't take coupons. That's for sure. Oh,
1: I, I know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, that is a, a passion project for both of us. Um, it's what we like to do when we hang out together, like to get a couple of cheesesteaks, a couple of milkshakes and, uh, and put things through the Hellhole Store machine and see what we can come up with. Um, I think I think I think it's you know a, a way for us to kind of make each other laugh and impress each other mm-hmm. uh, with what we can do uh, making music. And uh, yeah, I I I, I love I, I'll make Hellhole Store records as long as I can. We we have a few in the can, but again, we like to be in person to collab. So um, it's been it's been tough, but uh, we're. We're still working on some stuff, so good, there'll good. definitely be some more in the future. Yeah, I was yeah. about
1: to ask what was in the pipeline here. Uh, I've been I've been waiting for the next release. Uh, how do you feel like your Hellhole Store uh, music and discography kind of differs from what you're making under I
2: Well, it's uh, I'm able to kind of get out of my head when I make stuff with Darko. Mm. Um, I think he brings a really different side, a really kind of like simplistic approach with, with the rhymes for me, I'm able to kind of like bounce off of him a lot. Um, and, and he's, he always has amazing ideas quickly too. So we really work fast and, uh, I tend to work slow when I'm by myself. So that, that kind of like more rapid pace, uh, it tends to just do things with the production or the writing or the recording, um, you know, and I, I don't agonize over it as much. And I think it, I think it has a more of a kind of looser attitude in general.
1: Um, what's your writing process like? You just mentioned it was kind of slow.
2: What, uh, what takes so long? Uh, ask my brain. I don't know. Uh, no, it's, I, I, I think, um, I'll write something. I'll record stuff. I'll sit on it for a week. I'll come back to it. I do a lot of editing on my own uh, w- when working by myself, rather. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I usually like to write to the music. So I don't, I don't necessarily write unless like the music is in front of me, and um, I'll take notes of ideas here and there. But I, I, I don't like to try to like make music fit into words. Uh, I usually take the other other way around. And sometimes I just have nothing good to say. And when you're not vibing off of someone else, it's like, it has to come from, from nowhere basically.
1: So I take it that that's, that's a lot more difficult than just kind of coming up with your own, your own stuff when there's nothing to say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. True. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of waiting for when the time is ripe or when it's ready, you know? And then, and then before you know it, it's like, Oh, there's some words or there's the idea that I was kind of, trying to get at.
0: Um you mentioned earlier you always focus more towards like what's going on in the underground scene. What are your summer your favorite acts currently in the underground?
2: But I I love like uh all that Backwoods is doing. Billy Woods and Elucid and and um Shrapnel. Shout out uh Wrecking Crew, those are my homies. Uh I like all that they're doing. Um I like a lot of the stuff that Mellow Music Group is doing. Um, and then, uh, as far as like, I don't know. It's probably not even considered underground. I feel like Griselda and those dudes are like more popular than anything. They probably have more fans than shit that's on the radio, right? But uh, that you know, you can't deny that that's that's a, a powerful thing that's happening. Um, I like what Rock Marcy does. Um, I'll check for uh, what Action Bronson's doing, Alchemist stuff like that. Quelle Chris, so talented.
1: Uh, what can we expect from uh, Donovan in the future? What kinda what kind of stuff we got coming out here pretty soon?
2: Um uh, well we'll definitely have some more hellhole store stuff. Um I think that's where the I alive music will live. Um as far as Donovan Day stuff, uh I'm gonna continue to promote and push this new record uh as much as I can. I'm definitely working on new music, but like I said, it, it takes some time. So um, I got some videos I'm working on for, for the project. And I'm also going to keep working uh, with Hyke Keach on our production duo, which is uh, Necessary People. And uh, everything that I'm doing is going to be in one way or another coming out on Cold Rhymes. So definitely check for Cold Rhymes because that'll be the platform
0: very good very good we're about to play plastic contour here uh do you what do you have to say about this track before we uh let the audience listen to it
2: sure um so plastic contour is the album closer of donovan days uh it's um it's the actually the last track i made for the record and uh and i feel like it kind of serves as a as a thesis uh to the idea like the overarching idea of like this transition um, from my old music to to the Donovan Days music, so um, the rest can be decided by the listener.:
0: I really like that idea of the thesis that's such a, like a perfect statement. Thank you.) <laughs> <laughs> thank donovan for coming on the show you can check out his new record donovan days on spotify apple music and most importantly Bandcamp under cold rhyme records i want to thank trevor for being a part of the interview and i want to thank you for listening if you want to support the show you can check us out on twitter instagram facebook at anthony and todd you can find us on youtube.com forward slash the anthony and todd show you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify, researching searching The Anthony and Tacho in your favorite podcast browser. And if you want to support us monetarily and become an executive producer in the credits of the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash The Anthony and Tacho. Until next time, guys, I've been Vincent, and see you, boyos.